A. Welcome to Rejoice and Testify, a faith-building podcast about finding joy in Jesus Christ and the Book of Mormon. I'm your host, Sharice. I'm Navajo in Omaha, a military wife and mother, and a daughter of God who delights in being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you so much for joining me. Today my guest is Chucky, and he's a really great guy. And he says his Filipino, Spanish, Chinese, Hawaiian, Scottish, Irish, English, and little bit of Puerto Rican mix make him chop suey. Chop suey is a colorful and flavorful dish here on the island that consists of a little bit of this and that meat and vegetable ingredients. He loves music and dancing and was a hip-hop teacher for about 20 years. He also really loves football and is a hardcore San Francisco 49ers fan. And if he could, he'd eat steak every day. He was born and raised in Hilo on the Big Island, and after his parents divorced, him and his mom moved to Oahu, where his mom remarried, and they settled down in Wahiwa. Chucky's dad was raised in the church and has stayed a semi-active member, His mom was a convert to the church when she was 12 years old and has stayed a strong member since. Early in life, he leaned a lot on his mom's strong testimony, and it wasn't until he started attending seminary during high school that he felt his testimony starting to grow. After high school, he went to BYU, and while attending school there, a friend who was Catholic reached out to him to see if Chucky could help him apply to BYU. Everything went smoothly, and his friend was able to get into BYU, and they became roommates. His friend started meeting with the missionaries, he got baptized, and then he faithfully served a two-year mission. After his friend returned home from his mission, Chucky was still trying to figure out what to do with his life, and whether he should serve a mission or not. It wasn't an easy decision, because he was older, and he had a special girl in his life. But his friend's faith and commitment to the gospel made such a big impression on him, and he knew he wanted to serve a mission. In hindsight, Chucky learned that it wasn't until he committed to serving a mission and to be a representative of Jesus Christ that he realized how valuable his testimony was to him and how much more he could grow his testimony as he diligently served as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His mission was a huge turning point for him in helping him be truly committed to the gospel. It helped him better see the fruits of his labor and understand how our choices and decisions really impact our life. And some of the best news is that the special girl also waited for him and they've been happily married for 31 years and have raised two beautiful kids and also have the most beautiful and cutest grandchildren. Chucky knows that agency is so important, and that we get to choose our choices, but we don't get to choose the consequences. He knows as we learn to master the natural man with Christ, he will have the power to overcome the adversary and go and do God's will. Aloha, friends. Today I'm here with my friend Chucky Stevens, and I'll let him introduce the scripture that he's going to talk about. Awesome. So thanks for um, having me on your podcast. Uh, One of my favorite scriptures in the Book of Mormon is in Alma um, chapter 56, verses 47 through 48. Now I'll go ahead and read it. It says, Now they never had fought, yet they did not fear death. 
and they did think more upon the liberty of their fathers than they did upon their lives. Yea, they had been taught by their mothers that if they did not doubt, God would deliver them. And they rehearsed unto me the words of their mothers, saying, We do not doubt our mothers knew it. That is one of my most favorite scriptures. Mm -hmm. And I've been so excited for when it was going to come up. So can you tell us why you like it? Well, I gotta I'm getting a little choked up now, but I I I always get a little choked up when I think about the stripling wars and I think about just we have to understand that these um these young men, you know, and I use the word young men, that they uh made a choice to to fight for their uh, the freedom of their people, for their liberty, right? Because their parents, just to see the fact that they understood that their parents had made a, a covenant with their Heavenly Father, and they didn't want their parents to break it, so they said, we'll do it. And But what hits me strongly is that it's the element of um, being raised by their mothers. You know, where they talk about, my mother taught me not to doubt. My mother um, um, taught me the truth of things, and because she taught me not to doubt, um, I know the truth of all things, and I know that Heavenly Father will deliver us. And and I've seen that in my life with my mother. I mean, that woman, and I'm sorry for getting emotional, but that woman's been through a lot as a single mother before she got remarried, and just her strength mm-hmm. and her testimony. I mean, and then now that I've had a chance to have my own children, I see how that role of my wife, me, and how she's had an impact on her on our children. Yeah. So that's why it means a lot to me, this scripture here. That is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Things change so much once you become a parent. Yeah. And you want to give your kids so much. And then especially as we take the gospel really deep into our hearts, we want to have that for them. Yeah. I think it also explores that element of you always hear this especially and at least I've, I've heard this when I was growing up and then when I work with the youth um, in, in the gospel and with my children is that you always have a foundation right you mm-hmm. can lean on your parents mm-hmm. uh, testimony that's where your testimony will develop mm-hmm. but you're gonna have to learn how to develop a testimony of your own and when you look at the the story of the stripling warriors, I mean, these men were probably 14, 15, 16 years old, and they've gone to war, yeah. you know, and just on leaning on the testimonies of their mothers. But as they've, as they approach in war and just seeing that, you know, none of them, I mean, they got injured, but all of them survived. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine how much of an impact that had on the growth of their testimony. And then on top of that, right, the... Elliot Helaman, who was a warrior prophet. I mean, imagine being able to to rub elbows with the prophet every yeah. day. Um, so there is that element that eventually our youth, they're going to have to learn to develop their testimonies. And once they do that, then they're going to be even stronger. But they have to get a foundation somewhere, and that's where we as parents come in. And I don't think, uh, I didn't realize how much of an impact when I was younger that just the lessons that my mom has taught me or even my my stepfather, my dad, I call him my dad, because um, he pretty much raised me through high school. Just now that I look back, just all the lessons that they taught me have made a big difference in my life. Right. Yeah. That's so wonderful. 
in your life, and especially as a youth, because um, Satan's always trying to shoot his fiery darts at us and try to bring us down. Um, was there a time in your life where you might have felt weak and or gone through a hard thing, but then the words of your mom's testimony Oh, how yeah. maybe it strengthened you or helped oh, you? Yeah, definitely. I I um I remember there was a time that uh I I was struggling. I was on my mission, you know, and I was um I was homesick. Mm-hmm. You know, me and I were dating before I went on my mission, so she pretty much waited for me. So I was missing her a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I was going through a lot, having some challenges with the people that I was teaching. And um I remember I had a chance to speak to my mom. It was around Mother's Day. And the one thing I remember her saying is that she says, you just have to continue to pray and you have to continue to have faith in Heavenly Father. She goes, because it'll all work out Mm. in the long run. And um, I've definitely leaned on that throughout my life. And I also had like a recent conversation with her just recently, you know, as we were going through our transition in the bishopric, you know, (laughs) and... I was kind of feeling, you know, just, I was feeling, you know, the pressure of, you know, how, what's going to happen with the transition and, and, um, you know, am I, am I ready to move on? Whatever the Lord wants me to do, can, can I handle it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, with work and life and all that, an adversary works even harder, right? So right. the more you serve, the more the adversary wants you to kind of doubt yourself. Yeah. So I remember just reaching out to her just a, a couple months ago and, and, we had this really a uh, heart to heart conversation and she says, like I always told you, she says, whenever you feel like the adversity is getting um, more intense, there's always going to be blessings beyond that, mm-hmm. that adversity beyond that mountain. And my mom's always right. You know, yeah. there was a time though. I remember um, one of my, Goals in life when I was coming out of high school and, and even out of college when I came back from my missions, I wanted to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. And so I applied many times and, you know, I, I had made some choices in the past, you know, where my credit wasn't that great. So, you know, they, they run credit checks and stuff like that. And, and I think that might have impacted where they wanted to select me. But this one time I thought I was going to get really close to it. And and we got all the way through the process. And then, you know, I, I found out the news that it wasn't going to happen. So I called my mom and I was just frantic. I cried. And I says, you know, mom, I've done everything that the Lord has asked me to do. I feel like I've done everything he's asked. And this is the only thing I want in my life right now. And he's not giving it to me. And I don't know if I, I want to do this anymore. And you know what she told me? She says, I am not going to let you speak that way about our Heavenly Father. Wow. She goes, if you're going to continue to speak that way, and I did, she basically hung up on me. Oh, my goodness. And then I called her back and apologized. And she says, don't you ever doubt that what you're doing in your life when you make those right choices, that our Heavenly Father does not see that, and that when we try to keep our our, our covenants with Him, that He's not going to bless you. It may not happen right away, but, you know, our Heavenly Father is always going to keep His part. So that's one thing that I've tried to teach my children. And even... Me being older in life, that still gets challenged, mm-hmm. but that's the strength. That's what I lean on is just my mother's wisdom, you know. That is so powerful yeah. and really humbling. Like, 
That's yeah, really and that's the first time my mom ever hung up on me. Oh my goodness. She says, I am not going to tolerate this. I'm not going to let you listen and talk about the Lord that way. She goes, when you're ready to speak to me, you call me back. And she hung up on me. That's really So I had to story. gather myself. And then, and then she just basically counseled me. She says, I understand you're going through a lot. She says, but don't ever doubt that our Heavenly Father is not there for you. And she did tell me recently also, she said, she says, he's never going to give you anything that you cannot handle, even if you feel like you cannot. So that's been a mantra in my life, too, that I've tried to pass on to my kids as well. Yeah. And just going back to the scripture you shared, how the stripling warrior said so powerfully, we do not doubt our mothers knew it. Mm -hmm. So it gives you even more strength to just say, yes, I can do this and I'm going to do it and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And that's a what a lot of people need they just need someone to give them a little shake and yeah and we need that right we need that reminder yeah. and a lot of times you need that uh you need those angels to kind of sit on your shoulder even if whatever the form they take right whether it's your 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 spouse or friends or parents or grandparents or even your children mm -hmm. you need those angels to kind of put you in your place yes yeah. i've had many moments like that yeah <laughs> yeah that's really neat thank you for sharing how has the book of mormon strengthened your testimony of jesus christ wow that's a loaded question <laughs> <laughs> i mean no i i wouldn't say it's a i said it's a it's a great question i mean I could sit here all day and talk about how it strengthened uh, yeah. my testimony. But I think the biggest thing for me was really taking Moroni's promise. Mm -hmm. So I think even growing up in the church, right, you, you'll you eventually gain a testimony. If you're engaged, you'll gain that testimony of the Book of Mormon because you'll see, you'll feel the spirit, you know, in, in activities that you do. But we all have to take that challenge that Moroni, Moroni's promise, mm -hmm. Moroni, and and pray about the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. And when I've done that, um, that film, that feeling is so overwhelming for me. And I can pull out scriptures where there's periods of my life where I'm struggling, mm -hmm. and I know exactly where to go. Like a good example too is is Ether. I don't know if you ever had a chance to dive into the book of Ether, but I've been diving I love in. Ether. I've been in there right now. Um, the beginning parts of Ether, right, where it talks about uh, the brother Jared, and then Ether 12, where Moroni, you know, captures that whole sermon on faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have I gone back to these sections? And then when I think about Nephi, mm -hmm. one of my other favorite scriptures is first. Um, First Nephi three seven, you know, I will go and do what the Lord hath commanded, yes. for I know that you know He giveth nothing unto the children of men save He shall prepare a way, for, a way for them to accomplish it. Yes, and I've seen that in my life. That's the reason why I named my son Nephi. Mm. And uh, so I've learned those lessons, and I can always go back. Like when I'm struggling in my life, um, I go back to Nephi's Psalm, you know, mm -hmm. where he talks about. Why am I complaining? Why am I drowning in my sorrow when I've seen blessings in my life? I know Heavenly Father loves me, but I'm I'm weighing down by my, you know, my my adversities and I'm letting it affect me. Mm -hmm. Shame on me is basically what he's saying, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how the Book of Mormon has strengthened me. I I have a testimony of the Book of Mormon, but I do know when we when we're taught in the gospel that this is 
this is the most truest book of all books on the earth. Mm-hmm. Book of Mormon, hands down. Right. Yeah, I love the Book of Mormon. I'm right there <laughs> with you. <laughs> Thank you. That's really great. Um, how does knowing that you are a beloved child of God make your life better? Well, I think what it what it does for me is it ha- reminds me that I have a loving Father in Heaven that I can really turn to in times of need, you know. And I think the challenge for us in our life is to really, when we have our moments to have our our prayers or our whether they're silent or verbal, mm-hmm. is to really make an effort to, to converse mm-hmm. with their Father in Heaven, to have a, a discussion, if you would, right? Because mm-hmm. it's easy to just, you know, to, to pray and get into a, a um, you know, thank you for this, thank you for that, mm-hmm. I asked for this, I asked for that. But what I've tried to do in my life is really, and I've had to have a conversation with Him, like where, you know, whether it's tears, whether it's frustration, um just that assurance that I can always reach out. And I will tell you that when I've had my doubts or when I felt distance uh, from the Spirit, well, because of whatever I'm going through, whether mm-hmm. it's personal life or frustrations or whatever the case may be, um, I can always feel the influence of my Heavenly Father mm-hmm. and that assurance. Once we sit down and we calm down and we have a chance to just reflect, the Spirit just testifies so strongly that, you know, you're a child of God. Heavenly Father loves you. And this is just a moment for you to become stronger. and Maybe you have more to learn. So that's how that's impacted me. That's great. Thank you so much. Yep. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing all of these wonderful things. Well, thank you for asking me. I enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I mean... I'm a the type of person where I, I can tend to I'm very comfortable in my own skin, like sitting in the back of the room and and, and not saying anything to anybody because that's just how I am, my personality. But when you ask me about the Book of Mormon and you ask me about my testimony, I've seen so many things in my life, Sharice, that I know the church is true, you know, and I, and I know that miracles happen because I've seen miracles. Right. And uh, so it it frustrates me sometimes when you hear that there are individuals out there that get influenced by, you know, anti-Mormon rhetoric or mm-hmm. things that that tend to try to put doubt on, on the gospel and, mm-hmm. and, and on the church and on the principles that, you know, I grew up in that I've been taught. But my testimony, I'll, I'll never stray from that. So thank you for letting me share. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for being my husband's right-hand man, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my husband recently got called as bishop, and Chucky is his first counselor. And I'm looking forward to that. It was funny. I had uh, someone ask me um, when we went to the transition, and, and uh, Sister Casperson actually says, I bet you thought they were going to release you, huh? And I was <laughs> like, I kind of had a feeling that Heavenly Father <laughs> had something in store for me because I was feeling a lot of that, you know, Things that were coming up, you know, like challenges. And, and I knew that there was something that Heavenly Father had in store for me. And um, I just told her, I said, maybe I just have more to learn. So yes. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I think uh, Bishop is going to be a great, um, he already is, you know, a great influence in the ward. And I mm-hmm. think it really is his time. And I'm just going to do what I can to support him, you know. 
Great. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Have you heard of the talk Mothers Who Know by Julie B. Beck from the October 2007 General Conference? It's one of my favorites and also one of those talks that made a big impact on me. And as I was talking to Chucky, it came to my mind as he shared Alma 56, 47, and 48, and was talking about his beloved mother. She is definitely a mother who knows. I want to share a part of Sister Beck's talk because of its truth and power. The responsibility mothers have today has never required more vigilance, more than at any time in the history of the world. We need mothers who know. Children are being born into a world where they wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. However, mothers need not fear. When mothers know who they are and who God is and have made covenants with Him, they will have great power and influence for good on their children. End quote. The covenants we make with the Lord are so important. And as I read this week's Come Follow Me lesson in 2 Nephi 3-5, through I found myself thinking a lot about two things, covenants and the temple. In 2 Nephi 3, we learn Lehi was talking to his young son Joseph. He talked about the important covenants he made with the Lord and how those covenants have and will bless Joseph's life in verses 21 and 23. This is also true with the 2,000 stripling warriors. In this powerful Book of Mormon story, we know that the converted Lamanite fathers of the stripling warriors made a covenant with the Lord to never fight and kill again, and they buried their weapons of war. This caused many casualties among the stripling warriors' fathers because they kept and honored their covenant. Even though this was so sad and hard, it really did bless their sons, families, and the entire Nephite nation and all the believers of God. As I became a mother and was raising my sons, I often wondered what exactly the stripling warrior's mothers taught them, because it doesn't give any specifics. But through time, I learned that I actually do know what those mothers taught. Those faithful mothers looked to and followed their prophet and leaders to teach their sons and raise their sons up unto the Lord. So... I know that as I look to our prophet, apostles, and leaders of the church, I too can provide my sons with a strong foundation of the gospel and raise them up unto the Lord, because our prophet and apostles and leaders, they all turn us to the Lord and ask us to follow him. One of my favorite general conferences was in April of 2010. So many of those talks were about mothers and raising children, and at the time, we were living in China and I had two young kids, and it gave me so much strength and guidance. I really needed it. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the central part of my life, and I know that the covenants I've made with my husband in the temple, the house of the Lord, give me the strength and power to make this world a better place by rearing my children in the gospel of Jesus Christ and live after the manner of happiness like Nephi and his family did in 2 Nephi chapter 5. This is where I asked my come follow me question, which was, what does it mean to be happy? What can help me build a life of happiness like the people of Nephi? 
I turned to where I left off in my studies of Ether chapter 3, and I found my answer in verse 4. This is when the brother of Jared is trying to figure out how to get light into their vessels as they sail across the ocean to the promised land. After a lot of thinking and deep pondering, he came up with an idea and did molten out of rock 16 white and clear stones. And here's what the brother of Jared says in verse 4. And I know, O Lord, that thou hast all power, and can do whatsoever thou wilt for the benefit of man. Therefore, touch these stones, O Lord, with thy finger, and prepare them that they may shine forth in darkness, and they shall shine forth unto us in the vessels which we have prepared, that we may have light while we shall cross the sea. As I read Ether 4, the word vessel stuck out to me, and reminded me of what Captain Moroni said in Alma 60, verse 23. He said, God has said that the inward vessel shall be cleansed first, and then shall the outer vessel be cleansed also. Captain Moroni is talking about repentance. And yes, it makes so much sense to me that repentance brings happiness. Nephi knew repentance is a commandment, and that as he and his people lived all the commandments of God, they could live after the manner of happiness, especially in building a temple and worshiping in the house of the Lord. I love the powerful guidance President Nelson has given us to focus on the temple in his October 2021 General Conference talk titled, the temple and your spiritual foundation, he said, quote, The temple lies at the center of strengthening our faith and spiritual fortitude because the Savior and his doctrine are the very heart of the temple. Everything taught in the temple through instruction and through the Spirit increases our understanding of Jesus Christ. His essential ordinances bind us to him through sacred priesthood covenants. Then, as we keep our covenants, he endows us with his healing, strengthening power, and oh, how we will need his power in the days ahead, end quote. I know that as I cleanse my inner vessel and repent, I can better focus on the temple, and one of the ways that has really helped me with repentance was going through the church's addiction recovery program book. When I lived in Okinawa, Japan, a dear sister, senior missionary, Sister Faust, who was such an amazing angel, worked with me on this book when my husband was deployed and I was facing some difficult wellness challenges. She helped me know that we all have addictions, and she helped me see that even all my worrying was an addiction. So we went through this book, and it helped me so much. It helped me so much that I continued to go through the book again and again to work on other things. I know that the power and love of God is so great. And if we want to be happy, we need to cleanse our inner vessel and repent. Then, the Lord can work through us and use us in ways to bring forth His marvelous work and glory, which bring happiness, not only here in this life, but in the eternities to come. Are you working on reinforcing your testimony and understanding of the gospel? Then I hope you can think about the importance of cleansing your inner vessel and spend some time on your knees and ask the Lord how to do so. So, you can live after the manner of happiness. I know he will answer you, especially as you immerse yourself in the Holy Scriptures. Thank you so much for being here, and may you always walk in beauty. 
This podcast is not sponsored by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and the views expressed here are my own 